Welcome to season three of the Today is a Good Day podcast, a podcast to bring you a new point of support as you navigate your NICU journey. Today is a Good Day is here to be a resource for you. We share personal stories from families who have been there, important advice from medical professionals, opportunities to focus on self-care and more. Please don't forget to hit subscribe, share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening app. When you are navigating the NICU, many of us look to Facebook groups to connect with families who are experiencing similar journeys. I love how making a comment on a Facebook post can bring new people into your life. Our guests today are a part of a micro preemie support network on Facebook, a group I personally have been a part of for many years. Nadine Hare reached out to me to share her story, and I'm thrilled to have her and her husband, Mark, here with us today from Baltimore to share their family's personal journey. We'll touch on topics, including the comparison trap, which so many of us understand, advocating for yourself and the NICU's impact on marriage. Nadine and Mark, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Welcome, Nadine and Mark. So happy to have you here with us today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to share. Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about your family's journey. Um, so we, we have been married for two and a half years. Um, we were not trying to have kids at the moment, but Grace happened. We were in Chicago and my water started to break in Chicago. I had like real food. It was our last like before baby vacation, vacation. <laughs> yeah. And it just so happened that the Marriott we were staying in, right across we can see like the NICU board. Like right. that was like, it should have been a sign, but I was not thinking about that. It was so cold. <laughs> exactly. And when we got home, I was 22 weeks pregnant and I was on my way to babysit. And I was, I was feeling like the, I thought it was gas because I had a really bad Chick-fil-A sandwich. So I thought that was it. So I, just, I went to work and I was like, this something is going on. So I went to the hospital and they everyone was like, I went to GBMC. Everyone was like, oh, everything's fine. But it was like 20 nurses in the room. I'm like, no, it is not fine. <laughs> so she came back and she was like, look, you're 22 weeks. You have no fluid in your belly. And we are trying to keep her in for as long as possible. And I was freaking out because I'm like, we have a whole, we know this is not right. This right. is not supposed to go. We, something is going on. I have to go home. I just knew I was going. She was like, no, you're staying in here. You'll be in GBMC until we can keep her in here as long as possible. And I was in there for two weeks and GBMC was amazing. I had Grace at 24 weeks and two days. Well, and did you know anyone who had experienced the NICU or friends or family members who had experienced the NICU? Well, we, I had, my cousin was born early, but I didn't, I didn't, I mean, we never talked about the depth of it. What about you? No. Yeah, no. So we, that was it. We just, um, I, we didn't know anyone. <laughs> well, and you know, we didn't either. And I know we have spoken, Nadine, and and sharing our stories together. It was totally new, right? Overwhelming, especially having such micro preemies born. Our, our girls were born at 23 weeks and five days. Your daughter, Grace, born at 24 weeks. And I think when you get thrown into that NICU experience, which with such premature babies in particular, it's really finding your way, right? One day at a time, trying to figure out how you ask the right questions, how you 
figure out what the next steps are. So my question for you both is, how did you advocate for yourself? You know, how did you figure out the right questions to ask, how to to speak up when you needed to, when you were trying to learn more about Grace's journey in the NICU? Well, I, my OBGYN, he was a man, and um, he wasn't really a big help. He kind of brushed off my symptoms. He kind of brushed off my pain. I was bleeding really severely at like, 10 weeks, and he just was like, oh, that's okay. But I, in my, like, my gut feeling was like, something is wrong, like something is going on, even when I had her. And luckily for me, I was just, so we were both so fortunate to have GDMC, GDMC staff. Um, Grace had an amazing social worker, and I had to reach out to her. I reached out to the NICU nurses, and I was like, hey, I need some help. I don't know what's going on. I feel like this great crowd is following me, and my GD, my um, OBGYN actually declined me coverage for a psychiatrist or for a therapist. He said, I look fine. He said, I look happy, and he just doesn't see a need to have me speak to a therapist. And within myself, I'm like, I'm bubbly. I'm I'm a happy go person. And I just feel like this great cloud is over my head. And I had to reach out to my own child, super, I mean, uh, who's in there? Um, child no, social worker. Social worker to be like, I need some help. Can someone help me? So I had to use my own child's uh, sources to get some sources for myself. <laughs> well, I think you bring up a good point, though, because I think a lot of people might not know where to go to ask for the help. So you went to your social worker at the hospital in the NICU to say, hey, this is what I need. How do I get it? Right? Yeah. And so that's a good resource for a lot of a lot of families who may be navigating the NICU or trying to seek some additional help to ask the social worker, maybe ask your baby's nurse or doctor and say, how can you help me? Yeah. And just know in yourself, like if you know you're not okay, just make sure you stick to that and go get some help. It's not a help is help, no matter how it comes or what form or shape. It's just really good to know that you need help. It's not a bad and I and I like what you said. You noticed this gray cloud around you. And we've talked about this in other episodes of our podcast series. But I think recognizing that in yourself is so important. And kudos to you for doing that. Now we know firsthand that the NICU is a roller coaster, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I'm so glad that, Mark, you're here with us today to talk to us about your experience as a NICU dad. I mean, what what did that feel like after your daughter was born so prematurely and taking care of your wife on bed rest? Um, can I start out from the beginning where she left off? We started out on vacation in Chicago. And on the vacation in Chicago, we see all this stuff like the NICU and the hotel. But then when we come home, it's like, it's like camera action. And like, we had pain from a storm in my wife. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I got, I'm not feeling good. So I'm like, man, this not, better not be happening. I'm still working in D.C. So we had already made up a plan. Like, what is our options before the baby gets here? Like, we was months out. Like, we had a plan together. Like, we want to make sure she has the right health care, the right nanny system for us set up. Because my wife is a planner down to the seat. So if she ain't got it planned out, it's not going to work out. So I'm like, how are we going to get through this? But when the day came... Grace was coming. I think my wife had said, you want to go home and take a nap? So I went home, took a nap, came back. Her cousin called me like, the baby is coming now. I'm like, the baby is coming now when? So this is like 5.30, rush hour traffic, 6.95 in Baltimore. So I'm flying to the hospital. And I'm like, if I get any red lights, I'm just taking it. 
when we get there, they're like, the baby is here. I'm like, well, where's my wife? And they're like, oh, we had to do emergency surgery. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Is everything all right? I'm standing outside the room. They bring the baby out in the isolate. I'm like, all right, well, this is a new journey because what I thought was going to be the journey is now a new journey. So to start out with it, it's like this is something totally new. Never experienced it. No one in my side of the family experienced it. So I asked my wife, I'm like, did anybody in your family experience this? And this is the 21st century where they have all this new technology available for us to um, see a lights, camera, and action while your baby's in this isolate. And the journey started from there, from February all the way up until March that she got to come home. With with your extended stay that you had in the NICU and lessons learned for you in particular, Mark, what what advice do you have for other dads going through this? Uh, for for dads in this situation, I believe that you're, you should be the backbone of this because, one, you're not carrying the baby, but you also are the support for your wife and the baby. Um, even in that, you, you're in a nice, you're in a nice situation that you get to see a live baby born early, but you get to experience that whole, um, touch with your baby because earlier, earlier. what was it called? Um, kangaroo care. You get to hold your baby first. No other parent gets to hold their baby that early. You get to, um, I say invest what you want them to be successful in, even though they came early, they have their own, um, they have their own journey, but you're a part of their journey because they decided they come in early. And what were some of the things that came to you that, you, that were hard for you during Grace's NICU journey? Was it tough being the backbone all the time? That's because it's like, my wife is like devastated that this, the baby came so early, but I'm like, no, the baby wanted to come early. So we can't stop Grace from coming. And <laughs> My wife the whole time was, it's my fault. I'm like, no, you can't blame yourself because if she was coming, she was coming. You can't tell her. That's like when the baby, when the wife, when your wife water breaks or whoever water breaks, you can't tell a baby, no, I'm not ready. You won't do it when I say do it. No, that's baby said, I'm coming right now. Right. And to laugh at it in the beginning because she's like, she's like, is she coming this day? What day is she coming? Because, you know, the doctor say, oh, you're going to have her on the 28th. So we plan, we plan the party vacations like we got time and grace said no i'm doing what i want to do and since she's been born she's been doing what she wanted to do that's what i wonder does she still have that personality now one of the neat nurses uh, her one of my favorites all of them my favorites they actually called her um scrappy like scooby-doo and scrappy so she just was like spunky and sparky and spicy so they call her scrappy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, when we talk about the NICU, I mean, it is is truly ups and downs, turns and twists throughout an extended NICU stay. My question for you both is, how did you get through it as a couple? You know, how what did that look like for, for you all? I know how it looked for my husband and me, too, getting through it. But I'm wondering how it looked for you all. Oh man, we, I was at, we probably were like this most of the time. For the beginning, we were like clashing and it was more so like, you know, look, what are you doing? What is happening? I need you to be on board. And I was really upset with him because Mark wasn't mad or sad how I was. He wasn't showing much emotion. Like he took a lot of time at work and 
I was like, I'm and at the meet you day in and day night. He's like, well, I have to work. I have to keep the bills in line. I'm like, well, you, I, it's like I wanted him to split himself in half to be there with me, but still be able to provide, knowing that can't happen. But I was just, I was upset a lot of times that he wasn't upset how I was upset. <laughs> And I just, I, he really didn't cry a lot. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, I, like we were probably at, at our wit's end when all this was happening. It was not a pretty scene. It was more so like we were probably roommates and we were still trying to figure how to be parents and how to be a married couple and still be friends and find ourselves. And none of that was happening. It was shambles. And how did you get through that? I mean, how did you get to the other side of it? We had to we had to just put our boxing gloves down and be like, Grace needs us. If she's fighting for her life, we need to be fighting for her on the outside and we need to be fighting for us and we need to just get on track. We need to grow up and we need to realize that our child, our child needs us and we need to put our differences aside and let's focus on Grace. And we have to I had to realize that how he feels that's valid, how he's going through it is valid and how I feel about it. I have every right to feel how I feel. And that is okay of how both of us express our emotions differently. Mm -hmm. Mark, any thoughts that you have as you were going through this as a married couple, what came to mind, how you kind of navigated through it? Um, Yes, in this whole ordeal, it's a whole life experience because one, you just got married and we was roughly seven or eight months in. Um, with the marriage and then we had baby Grace coming not even after um, that was five months that was roughly five to six months when Grace came and it's like how do I balance all this out and make sure I'm good for me I'm good for Nadine which is my wife and the baby and how do you how do you tap all that in, in a day and some days I would literally like I need to just take a ride let me just get a breather because one because I can't I can't fathom or comprehend all this in my mind if I just hold it all in there. And I just went to pray and I said, God, you got to help me to get through all of this. Because if you called me to do all of this, I need to know how to balance me all the way out that I'd be here for my wife, here for myself and for the baby. Because if I'm not good for myself, I can't be good for my wife or the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to balance it all out. And then some days I would literally... Um, we had schedules where Nadine would go during the day. I was like, I'm going to work during the night, and I would come at the leave work. And I kind of liked that um, NICU team at GBMC. They had it set up that when I got there, like, three o'clock in the morning, they was like, do you want to do candlelit care with your baby? And I'm like, yes. And they was like, Nadine's like, how did you get that? I said, <laughs> Oh, those moments are so special, aren't they? The kangaroo care. Yes. Was it as scary for you all as it was for us when when our little ones had the ventilator in too and you were trying to do kangaroo care? Oh yeah. yeah. At one point she had um she actually stopped breathing on me at oh, one goodness. time. I was flipping out and I was like, they were all like, You gotta get her out. We got the doctor had to come in and you know, the nurse people kept coming in and um one at the nurse the, the nurse said she was like, Nanny, I'm gonna, we're going to take care of her, but we need you to go. And I'm like, just tell me what's happening. Oh my and I'm goodness. like, my fault. I shouldn't have wanted to help hold her. She was fine in her incubator. And I was like, this is, I was just like shaking. Like everything in me was just like shaking. <laughs> the roller coaster. The roller coaster of the NICU. Well, I certainly appreciate you all sharing your personal story. I mean, that's what we talk about this podcast being is a lot of 
personal stories going through the NICU. And I know you all are in Baltimore. We're in the Philadelphia area. Thank you for being here on Zoom. We hear little ones in the background. So all, all good. But it's it's great to uh, to hear your story. And you and I met, Nadine, recently via a Facebook group. But I think that brings up a, a good piece of advice for other families that are going through the NICU or maybe anticipating a NICU stay. They're on bed rest like you were, like I was. When you were looking for support after Grace was born, maybe before Grace was born, what types of groups did you find on Facebook to be the most helpful? Yes. So I, I am still in this group. It's a micro-preemie group on Facebook, and it says for moms. And I am still active in there today. I still answer a few questions in there. And I'm also on the GBMC NICU page. And I love that because at the time when I was, when Grace wasn't a NICU, I was able to see other families who successfully completed the NICU. I saw babies who were 10, 11, and 13 teenagers who were born at 22 weeks, 23 weeks. And it was just, it gave me some encouragement and hope. And something to look forward to, except for the gloomy things that were happening in the time that I was going through. It gave me some light at the end of the tunnel to, to, to have those roots in our life. Well, and you bring up a good point that it would be uh, it would be good for families to ask their hospital if they have a Facebook group for NICU families to connect or even parents to connect with one another. But then also to look on Facebook and to find groups that might be in your area or focused on the the micro preemie, the, the smaller babies, you know, just putting yeah. in some of those search words. I found them very helpful as well, just to connect with other families. And I think it comes back to that word hope, right? What you just talked about, seeing success stories. Yes, seeing Grace and seeing how well she's doing. I can't wait to hear more about her. So tell us what she's doing these days. How old is she? Yes, she is. So she is. She's 18 months. She'll be 18 months this month. She's busy. She's spicy. She's addicted to cocoa melon. <laughs> and um, that is usually her. She's spicy. And she is. She does sign language a little bit. And she eats. She's living off of waffles and blueberries. At least there's blueberries in there. At least there's blueberries in there. <laughs> yes. She is a, she's a whole heart daddy girl. And I'm just, I'm the disciplinary. And Mark is like, you know what, do whatever. Here's the math and the math book. <laughs> I yeah, think he, that sounds familiar. I think that sounds familiar. Yeah. So, yeah, she, she's in swim, she's in gymnastics. And she has infant and toddler teacher who is amazing. Um, and she has been just doing it all. She, you name it. Quiet is not good in our house. No. <laughs> well, and here's a good question for you. With her being born so prematurely, obviously she has an adjusted age. She has her real age. Did you ever fall into that comparison trap or how did you navigate through that? It's a good question, right? I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> I, I, I used to work with 12 and 18 months old. So when Grace, I was like, okay, Grace, you tell mom's supposed to be crawling. You're supposed to be pulling up. And I was like, I had a checklist. And I was like, girl, you need to get on top of this stuff. And I was like, Mark, oh my goodness, she's 12 months and six days. She is still just sitting here. I need to call the pediatrician. Something is up. And Mark would be looking at me. And then I had to step back and I had to be like, Grace is not an iPhone. She is not going to be able to reboot herself. She is not going to just upgrade. She's not technology. She's a human. And she will do what she wants to do when she wants to do it. And I had to tell myself, like, it's okay, Nadine. Like, Grace is where she's supposed to be at. 
at this right exact moment. But it, I mean, it took me, she's 18 months. It right. took me probably three months ago. <laughs> and I had to stop looking on, I had to stop looking at like Facebook and looking at other kids, comparing race. Like, oh, that baby has six teeth. Grace only has two. And it's fine that it's like that. And I had to keep telling myself, like, Grace would do what she wants to do when she wants to. And she's okay. And I had to just get off that train of, oh, look at that child over there. That child can throw a ball. Grace can't. Here's a ball, Grace. Try this too. And it's, it just takes off a ton of stress. Did you find that everything she did when she did it was just extraordinary? Yes, yes. I, was, I got the camera out. My camera, I paid for extra storage. Every minute, right? Every moment you want to cre- capture a, a photo of it. Yes. yes. As my yes. husband likes to say, if you didn't catch a photo of it, Martha, it must not have happened. That's, <laughs> that's, does that sound familiar? <laughs> um, so my last question for you today, I think all of us who go through the NICU, we think about things that we wish we had known when we started our journey and we think, oh, looking ahead, if, if somebody else is going through this, we would want to share that with them. So I'm going to ask you both, you know, what's one thing that you wish you had known going through your NICU journey with Grace and that you would want to share with other families? And Mark, I'll start with you. One thing I want to um, really wish that I know that you could have a support group before, or you had some support before you was um, about to have your baby. Even though you can get the prenatal care of you about to have a full term baby, but so I wish they would have had a, a class like, hey, this is a precaution class just in case you go down this road. Here's some some support for you. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do like about GBMC when we first started in the NICU, they had on Tuesday Tuesday tea time with yeah. families that was already in the NICU, and they would give you some of their advice and what they went through. So I do like that about what we experienced. In Learning more about the NICU before you actually have that experience. I totally agree with you on that because I don't think you learn about that aspect uh, and that 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 could potentially happen of going into the NICU, right? Uh, so I, I, yeah, that's important. Nadine? Uh, my advice would be to, if you help us help, if you're not okay, it is okay not to be okay. And you have to give yourself that space to understand I am not okay. Like I can, you can be the strong person all you want, but if you're not okay, that is okay. Go get some help. Go speak up for yourself. Go find you that village, find some friends. Don't be quiet about not being okay. We do that for so long because we're women. We're like, we can do it all. We are, we can have the whole world on our shoulders, but that is not a good thing to you know, to brag about all the time. And I would say, keep speaking up for yourself. Keep fighting. Keep looking at the bigger picture. Fall out if you need to. Cry if you need to. Laugh if you want to. You know, just let yourself feel how you feel. Like, and go get some help. Resources are out here, like this podcast, like Facebook groups, um, you know, friends of friends, your hospital, your NICU state, your NICU family. Um, as social workers, everyone, if your doctor is not of a good help, go, go to the next person, go to a new doctor, <laughs> but just keep on, keep on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both. I'm really grateful our paths crossed and can't wait to meet you in person one of yes. these days, but thank you for sharing your personal story. And we're so glad to hear that Grace is doing well and we appreciate you being here. Yes. Thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
This episode of the Today is a Good Day podcast is brought to you with support from Life Celebration by Givnish and KeyBank. 